0: Hey, Adam. Yo. Have we officially run out of things to to witty banter at this little segment?
1: Indeed. Here's (laughs) to 2020, bro. Cheers. Adamannis and I'm Peter Martin, and you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you, coming at you today. Sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com to see all of our amazing courses. Uh, courses by Peter Martin Jeffrey Kieser, Christian McBride Gregory Hutchinson Reuben Rogers uh, Ulysses Owen, Adam Maness A little bit for me There's yeah. something for everybody on there But uh, especially check out our piano courses There's actually not something for everyone If you play the ocarina We established this last week Ocarina <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you play weird instruments Like the <laughs> ocarina or the trombone There's you nothing know, for you <laughs> I was
0: listening to that episode In case folks missed it That was actually brought a smile to my face I don't normally listen to our episodes Do you ever listen to this podcast? Oh I
1: try not to okay
0: (laughs) we recommend it for y'all though no but the ocarina well it wasn't the ocarina episode but it was funny because you said i don't wear weird hippie instruments around my neck which was not my experience with the ocarina but i did a little more uh digger deep and it turns out it has like many things it has been culturally uh what do you call that, co-opted appropriated or
1: co-opted by a certain hipster
0: element and put around their necks which was you know
1: have something man yeah we, we love to just take things and use them <laughs> uh what are we talking that's talk- the royal we <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. what are we talking about today today we are talking about
0: uh, our seven favorite non-jazz songs to cover i guess we could call this our seven
1: favorite non-jazz cover songs we could, but I didn't. Okay. Uh, before we get into this, this, is a speak pipe, by the way, yeah. from John. Before we get into this, yes. uh, let's play some catch-up, because you were out of town all last week. Yes. You were in New York City. New York City, the you city were, that never sleeps. You were at this little uh, this little quiet, unknown spot called little, the Village Vanguard. Little dive bar downtown. Yeah, with a local bassist named Christian <laughs> McBride. That's right.
0: Yeah, he's always available. So, uh,
1: No, seriously, you had that, uh, uh, from what I understand, an amazing run with Inside Straight, Chris McBride, Steve Wilson, Warren Wolf. Uh, Carl Allen. Yes, man. We were, yeah, actually, we, so it's a
0: quintet and four out of the five are open studio artists, so that was kind of coincidental but exciting yeah. and gratifying. Um, great, man. But it's just, I, mean, I love the Vanguard, man. That's that's such a, um, it's such a historical place. You know, it's, it's, it's changed a little bit over the years since I first played there in like 1991. Because you're uh, old. Which is weird. Old AF. No, it's weird because I'm like 32, so I, I played there when I was, you know, whatever, seven years old. No, but they, you know, the actual physical space has changed very little. Yep. But a few things that have changed have actually gotten better. Like they have a new piano there or relative – well, new since I last oh, played there. yeah. What is it? It's a Steinway <laughs> B, which I think it's they've always B. had in there. I mean, yep. It's the perfect – I mean it's the only si- – the biggest that could fit. Yeah. And this one was picked out as it often is, as most jazz venues in New York by Fred Hirsch, who's like the <laughs> official like New York City piano picker, and he does such an amazing job. He's got you know. a great ear, he's got a great ear, and yeah. so it's 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 always an honor and a pleasure to be there it's It's definitely um i think the i it's my favorite jazz club. That I've been. I've been in every jazz club in the world, but I've been in a lot. It's, and to me, it's bar none. the It's best. one of the greatest rooms in the yeah. world for anything. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. not the only great jazz club. Let me just no. say, big shout out to Snug Harbor, Jazz St. Louis, Jazz Standard, in no particular order. Jazz Showcase. Chicago. I mean, there's a lot of great for jazz sure. clubs that I love, but, but the that's the, Village the one. Vanguard, yeah, that's the one.
1: I think so. Uh, and then we had last night our big 4:42s. Peter Martin, Brian Owens, Christmas uh, spectacular here at yes. Washington University in St. Louis at the 560 Music Center. Shout out to everybody who came uh, and attended. We had a huge crowd. It was it was super an overflow.
0: Fun. We we uh, folks were turned away. I don't know if you know about that. I had an angry call from a friend of my mother's, who shall remain nameless, that you know as well, <laughs>
1: that was trying to get tickets and, and couldn't get, couldn't uh, get well, tickets. Well, yeah, that's but that's okay. Yeah, no, we slowed. got you know, we got snowed out on Monday because yeah. the big snowstorm that hit here in the Midwest. But...
0: Four inches can't handle it, St. Louis. I know, man.
1: <laughs> but you know, we had a great time. Uh, again, thanks to everybody who came. Thanks to all our special guests. Yes. Uh, okay, so let's check out the speak pipe. All from right, John. Hey, Peter and Adam. It's John from California. I uh, just had a question for you guys. I was listening to uh, Chick Korea's Trilogy 2 album from last year, and they did a really cool version of uh, Stevie Wonder's Pastime Paradise. And it got me wondering um, what are some of your guys' favorite non jazz jazz songs or jazz covers of um, you know cool songs from other genres that are not your typical standard? Um, I would love to hear your guys' input. Thank you very much. Love the podcast. Bye. So that's a great question. You know, um, I don't know about you, but this is... Well, you're about to. (laughs) I I really make an effort to not play all jazz standards with my trio specifically. You know, when we got, when we started this Thursday run at Thurman's, I wanted to be like the world's hippest bar band and do tunes that anybody, because it's a neighborhood spot, anybody in the neighborhood would kind of know the tune, you know. No one knows Days of Wine and Roses. Really. No one cares you know, about no one, that. No one cares Stale. about that. Yeah. So I wanted to do tunes that that you could hear on FM radio. Big shout out to Henry Mancini by <laughs> yeah, the way. Henry Mancini's <laughs> dope. Uh, but do them in a way that was you know true to us. So I have a whole you know our whole set is pop tunes. Um, so I have a few of my favorites in here. That awesome. Um, and you always throw in some stuff. Yeah. Well, sets. I
0: think it's fun. Like, I, and I mean, look, none of these <clears> tunes are like that. I throw in probably you two. I mean, they're probably from. Uh, you know, our not necessarily our childhood, but from past years. So it's not like we're pulling out stuff. Although we've been known to pull I got, out. I got
1: so. a I got a, re- I got a summertime hit from oh, just this last on summer. On here, I, so I
0: stand corrected. I should no. look at the tr- at the board first. But um, you know, it's w- I think what we're looking for is that that sweet spot of intersection of things that have musical interest to us yep. and some sort of resonance there, and that we think some might pull some people in in the audience and give them something. To be drawn into the music, not that we're trying to trap them or anything, but we're, we're trying to give them a combination of, you know, improv and ingenuity and newness, but along with something, a melody or rhythm or something that's got a little familiarity to them. And you know what's interesting we love the
1: people. as I'm looking down our list here is that, you know, we always like to think like, oh, this is like a new thing that we're doing here. But no. I think pretty much every one of these that we have on our list has been covered by other jazz musicians than us yes. who record like they're not jazz standards, but these are tunes that you can hear of like examples of jazz musicians covering.
0: Yeah. And I um, wonder when it when does it become a jazz standard? Because I think in some ways remember when Herbie had that record in like the mid to late nineties, New Standard. New standard, yeah. I love that record. And it's kind of like that sort of puts a stamp on it, especially when you like as you say, several people record
1: it in a so called jazz context. For sure, there's a couple on here that you I think could be considered you know standards of of jazz musicians playing them if they're not yep. jazz standards. Yeah, well, let's jump right in. So we'll jump right in. Uh, the the hit from my trio. Every time we start this tune, uh, people uh, like you can see them perk up a little bit. And it's Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Oh yeah. So again, this That's was my jam. This was done by uh, I think the Bad Plus did a a, mm-hmm. a cool version of this. We do a more like um, grooving version, I think, than their. Sort of avant-garde version But I love playing this one, man It's It's great You
0: have a great arrangement And that's kind of coming out I would would say like a Herbie Or even Chick Corea Sort of approach to Yeah, definitely There's some Chick You know, we do that
1: thing In Seven on the bridge So, yeah, for sure We did a little two piano On that, as I recall We did We included that On a two piano concert At uh, Jazz St. Louis
0: That's a great one Um, Number two I'm going to pull out A little gentleman By the name of Steven Wonder Stevie Wonder Originally, official name Steveland Morris. I was gonna say I it's not Steveland. Steveland, Steve Steve yeah. Uh, stage name Stevie Wonder, and his "I Can't Help It," which yeah. was, of course, recorded, made popular by the late great Michael Jackson. Um, and a lot of people don't know that's a Stevie tune, but that's one I really love playing. I think it lends. Uh, itself you have a great well. arrangement
1: on that one too.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's not a lot of arranging on it. It's basically just playing it. But yeah, it's a little bit of a. Thing. But I think that's one of those tunes you can kind of just play it down and have some fun, and it really opens up yeah. um, easily. You yeah, know, yeah, It's not yeah. like a forced open.
1: With all these, too, there's, you know, with any good composition or pop tune or whatever, there's little moments that, as jazz musicians, we can kind of grab and make our own. Yeah. Um, and just looking down this list and thinking about the way you play it, I can't help it. Like, yeah, you play it certainly uh, close to the, to the vest, to, yeah. to MJ's recorded version, but yeah. you have your own little things that you put on there and like the uh, the tears for fears one i put you know do the thing in seven like i said yeah like i think something for our listeners to think about is is does this like is this something that i want to is this melody compelling to me can i can i play this but can i make this my own a little bit yes you know
0: it's important i mean that's part of our job as creative musicians i think is to make it our own to, to not like just destroy it of course and yeah. make it unrecognizable. But you can, depending on, like, if you go with the organic flow of what's there in the material, be right. melody, harmony, rhythm, you can stretch parts of it a lot. you got to kind of be a tastemaker as you do it.
1: Yeah, there's a sweet spot between destroying it yes. and being a, like, elevator music, smooth jazz cover of it where it's right. just like you're totally replicating the beat no. and everything and just playing it. I don't
0: think it's good for as creative musicians to do. It's not like, oh, we're above. Look, we've both done mini cover band gigs as as we were growing up. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's trying to duplicate what's on. You got to have a singer. If there's, I mean, like everything kind of, you want to make it sound as much as possible. That's about giving a memory to the audience of something else that they heard once and like to take them back there. I think we can tap into a little bit of that with some effective use of these tunes and that people are like, oh yeah, what's that, that tears for fears? But then it's like, wow, where are they going to take it? And then that's kind of the audience for this kind of music, I think, really wants that. They want that creativity. And and when you pull them in there, then you can go crazy on the next tune by giving them something totally new, and original or maybe like
1: a Wayne tune or something that they might not know. Yeah. But this is kind of a nice entry point. So my next one, or number three, is Billie Eilish's Bad Guy, which oh, we've been covering for the last couple of months. That's right. She's quite the phenom out there, yeah. YouTube and, and elsewhere. Uh, the first time I heard the song, I was like, man, there's something in that that yeah. I can do. And this is another one that as soon as we – not as soon as we start it. It takes a little bit for people to be like, wait. Is this bad guy?
0: you could yeah, like yeah, yeah, see yeah. it kind
1: of happen and, and sweep the audience.
0: And you got to be kind of under a certain demo to to uh, like our crowd last night might not have picked up on that if you if you'd pulled that out.
1: It might have been a small percentage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, so it's kind of like you're stealing candy from a I wasn't say from a baby, but from a sixteen year old, right? A little bit. <laughs> but no, it's good. Strong material. Strong material. All right, number four. One, two, three, four. Bam! We've got. Ooh, I kind of I kind of doubled up on Stevie Wonder, but you know what? We could have done a whole list. of We could have. I decided to put another one in, yeah. and this was just because I I recorded this a while ago, and a lot of people enjoy the recording. If it's magic, oh, that's great. Which is one of his just most beautiful and you know very harmonic. This is more along the lines of a lot of you know complex melody and complex harmony. Um, structure is relatively simple, but there's like a lot built in to the tune that it's almost like a. You know like a like a great jazz standard ballad where there's like all this mm. sort of stuff you don't have to do a lot with it that section where it goes to the minor then
1: so great man it's beautiful uh so my next one this is not a pop tune or a stevie wonder tune or anything this the is standard though <laughs> this is gabrielle foray's elegy and c minor uh originally written for cello and orchestra bonjour Gabet. um it's The first time I heard our friend Bjorn Ranheim play this with the St. Louis Symphony, I I remember thinking that the melody, it sounds like something that Brad Meldow would play. Yes, yeah. (laughs) I'm sure. Keith Jarrett, perhaps. Yeah, totally. So I was like, yeah, I'm I'm stealing this. Yeah. We're going to cover that. And uh, I just love playing this tune, man. It's such a beautiful melody. And the changes really work well I mean it could be uh just something like it could be a Radiohead song it could be a Stevie song depending on what you throw on there it's it's really cool I think great music um has so many
0: obvious not obvious just inherent organic connections Mm -hmm. on so many different levels that we get so caught up in the stylistic things and I think as jazz musicians it's an important role that we have is to make some of these connections because we come at most of this you know, kind of looking through the prism of, like, creativity and seeing all the different possibilities of, of these different things. And we should be kind of the ones breaking down these barriers. And, and, like, it's almost against this whole thing of, like, I what I don't like is when people get into this thing of, like, oh, this is so great. It's like a great Bach fugue or, like, a great... No, it's like great music is not about a period or a geography or definitely not an individual. This is, like, something that... It's, like, beautiful plants or animals or something in the world they look different and there's different styles but there's more in common with them around the world than there's a part in like anyone who's lucky to kind of tap into that beauty of music it's like let's do it preach brother yeah come That's on now really, really can true. i get an amen, amen. um cool Oh, three four five six mm-hmm. oh we're up to number six mm-hmm. so this one is uh this was a great idea that, that you have before we went on um <laughs> caetano Veloso's trios urbanos great brazilian songwriter singer songwriter yep. um practitioner of, of brilliant
1: brazilian music and um i don't even know
0: exactly what style you would
1: call this but this thing. isn't something you would hear like a brazilian jazz artist do like it's not like a bossa nova where there's like no. a lot of functional yeah. harmony and all that stuff no. this is really a song a folk song almost it's, yeah exactly brazilian
0: og fol- folk song and uh but we've we've played it um uh, duo piano. I had a lot of fun with it. We were introduced to it by uh, Elio Alves when mm-hmm. we did his recording. He's got a great arrangement on it. It's just a gorgeous melody. Gorgeous melody. Yep. Beautiful uh,
1: lyric and stuff that you can kind of channel in instrumental. And um yeah, there you go. Uh and finally number seven, our last one, uh this is this is one of the first like kind of uh not jazz songs I ever tried to cover and made an arrangement of this is Elliot Smith's Between the Bars. Ellie Smith was an amazing, amazing singer-songwriter from the late 90s to the early 2000s, who unfortunately passed away way too young. And um, this Between the Bars has been covered a, a bit, I think famously by that sort of pop jazz singer, Madeline Peru, you know who I'm yes. talking about? Yes, Canadian, um, Quebec, maybe think is. Canada, yeah. from, maybe from Vancouver, possibly? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, the, the track uh, that she made was produced by... Um, uh, by Larry Goldings. And I just I oh. love the production of it and fell in love with Elliot Smith's version uh, as well and uh, then fell in love with all of Elliot Smith's music and the way he writes songs. And so uh, it's a special song to me. I love it. Nice.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, there we are. We are still in 2019, but we are nailing it like it's 2020. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, do you know we're about to... I don't know what that meant. Do you know what we're about to do? We're about to leave a decade. Yeah. I know we talked about this. Andrew is not in agreement with this, correct? No, but we are going into the 20s. There's no doubt about it. This is about to be the roaring 20s. This is going to be the heyday of the You'll Hear Podcast. We're just getting started, yo.
1: Are we? Yeah. We've already <laughs> run out of intros, man.
0: That was an aberration today. Tomorrow we're going to... We started it. in 2018. So one thing we'll just alert the folks for in, in instead of our usual sponsorship plug at this time is... We are taking sponsorships for New Year. Did you know that? No. We had some wonderful sponsors. We have some of them are coming making a comeback at the beginning of the year, which is going to be exciting. But we are inviting, we are opening things up. Now this is only for like
1: products or services that we really believe in. Wait, so like, if someone just wanted to, to sponsor an episode and be like, I love you, Diane, they couldn't do that? <laughs> well, no, we, we're
0: for that. We I mean, like, yeah, money. We, we do a little bit of background research on the individual. Yeah, I mean, we're not trying to, you know... Shelly, will you marry me? Oh, we'll totally do that. Sponsored by, yeah, sponsored by, by Derek. That was going to be expensive. I think it'd be a cheap one. Um, no, but if you uh, have a business or an organization or something you think would fit in with our audience, please... Uh, well, we're, we'd like you to contact Andrew because he's in charge of all such things is that right well he will funnel it to the right person Andrew at OpenStudioNetwork.com Open right. so there you go until tomorrow you'll hear it.